Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. This week, we are moving through 20th century art with another movement called Distill. This is one of the things I enjoy researching about this time period in our history. There are just so many different ways of thinking to explore. It was a time of immense growth and experimentation in the field. To highlight this, I'll be discussing Composition 2 with Red, Blue, and Yellow. It was painted by Piet Mondrian in 1930 and highlights his personal philosophy about art. So to learn more, keep on listening. When first looking at this piece, it may appear to be simple. It's a white canvas crisscrossed by thick black lines. These lines form squares and rectangles. The majority of them are white, but the largest is filled in with red and the two bottom corners with yellow and blue. This work is all about primary colors and the purest form of pigment. Composition two falls into the Distill art movement, meaning style in Dutch. It was created in 1917 by Piet Mondrian and Theo van Dosberg. The school of art is an abstract and mainly focuses on strict geometry of horizontal and vertical lines, with a reduction of form and function into its simplest parts. This was a mathematical way of interpreting and creating art. The pair initially started to still as a magazine, but it eventually grew into so much more. It became a way for Mondrian to express his personal philosophies about art, including the theory of neoplasticism, something I'll discuss later in the episode. Other artists that were part of this group include Bart van der Leck, van Tarlu, and Vordenberg Guildwart. Together, they created a foundational way of artistic thinking that helped to shape modern and contemporary art. It pushed boundaries and made people think. Next, I'm going to discuss Mondrian and his personal philosophy of art. But first, let's take a quick break. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, my name is Annalisa, and I'm the founder of Accessible Art History. As a part of my content offerings, I produce a podcast. For the first several seasons, I will be discussing 50 objects that shape the history of Western art. From prehistoric cave paintings to contemporary art, I'll be covering it all. The podcast was designed for everyone, from the casual couch historian to a museum's expert. It all fits within the larger mission of Accessible Art History to create a space for art history lovers, students, and anyone who is curious to explore all periods of art history and human creation. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure to follow the Instagram page for all updates at accessible.art.history. Now 
now that we're back, let's dive into the concept of abstract versus realist art. For centuries, maybe even millennia, art was concerned with showing things as close to reality as possible. It was often idealized, but still leaned towards the realistic. This changed in the 20th century. Art was seen as an expression of humanity, whether or not it was realistic. Mondrian took things even further, breaking down anything and everything into straight, strong lines and primary colors. This is what he called neoplasticism. His style also sought to replicate the rhythm of the universe so that we could both see and hear it at the same time. Personally, I think it's best if we let Mondrian explain his theory in his own work. This quote comes from a letter to H.P. Bremer in 1914. I construct lines and color combinations on a flat surface in order to express general beauty with the utmost awareness. Nature, or that which I see, inspires me, puts me, as with any painter, into an emotional state so that an urge comes about to make something. But I want to come as close as possible to the truth and abstract everything for that, until I reach the foundation, still just an external foundation, of things. I believe it is possible that through horizontal and vertical lines constructed with awareness, but not with calculation, led by high intuition and brought to harmony and rhythm, these are the basic forms of beauty, supplemented if necessary by other lines and curves, can become a work of art, as strong as it is true. Mondrian is trying to show us the world, just through a different lens than we are used to. Now let's take a look at the man behind the work. Piet Mondrian was born Peter Cornelius Mondrian on March 7, 1872, in Amersfoort, Netherlands. His father was an art teacher and taught his son the subject from a young age. In 1892, Mondrian entered the Academy for Fine Art in Amsterdam, was soon qualified as an art educator in his own right. His earliest work shows impressionistic influences, but there was also a sense of abstractness. From the very beginning, Mondrian incorporated his philosophies into his work. In 1911, he moved to Paris. So here he was experiencing and influenced by Cubism. However, it still wasn't abstract enough for him, so Mondrian continued to build off of it. His time in Paris was interrupted when he had to return to the Netherlands during World War I. However, he was able to move back and he stayed for another 30 years until the rise of fascism forced him to flee to London and then to the United States. During these years, Mondrian found fame in his compositions and neoplastic art. For example, Catherine Drager, a co-founder of New York's Society of Independent Artists, which I featured in last week's episode, acquired one of his works and showed it at the Armory Show. She stated in the catalog, Quote, Holland has produced three great painters who, through logical expression of their own country, rose above it through the vigor of their personality. The first was Rembrandt, the second was Van Gogh, and the third is Mondrian. Piet Mondrian died of pneumonia complications on February 1, 1944. Due to his philosophy and art, he is considered to be one of the most influential and important artists of the 20th century. Composition 2 is simple on the outside, just a few primary colors and dark lines, but it's Montreal's expression of the foundations of the universe, and that makes it utterly fascinating. Make sure to tune in next week for the Season 9 finale. I'll be discussing The Two Fridas by Frida Kahlo, so you don't want to miss out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.